and welcome to Pen to Print, Insider Tips with Creative Media Agency, the podcast where we unravel a few of the mysteries of publishing. Whether you're a new author looking to break into the industry or a seasoned professional seeking deeper insight into the community, we're here to bring you advice, information, and just enough insight to help. Welcome back to Pen to Print. I'm Megan, and joining me today is Haley Casey. Hi, Haley. How are you doing? Hi, Megan. I'm doing well today. How are you? I'm good. So this episode is going to be a little Q&A session with Haley. So to start us off, what is one novel that ignited your love of reading for a young age? Yes. I have so many to choose from. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up with a mother who was very good about introducing us to new books and she read to us all the time at night. And so I feel like I read a lot of really good books pretty quickly. Yes. So, I mean, if you come to mind for me, I know pretty early on she read like Ink Heart, which of course is like a book lover's dream. (laughs) So that was a big one. Um, and like Junie B. Jones and the classics. Mm-hmm. and But I know for myself that some of the books I found pretty early were like the Redwall books were a big one and the Warrior Cat series. There's mm-hmm. a definite mm-hmm. animal theme running through my <laughs> tastes. Um, but those are some of the first ones I like dove into by myself and was so pr- like happy to have found and had a whole series in front of me. So oh, those are what yeah. come to mind. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I love hearing what books people read at a young age. There's some great ones. There are some great ones. So I know you wrote a book when you were in fifth grade. What was the premise (laughs) of that? Okay. So let me see. I feel like, so what I remember is that our teacher gave us kind of like the characters we were supposed to be writing about for this assignment. And then like you invented the plot for them. And so for me, I can't remember precisely. It was either like a home alone type of situation where they got left on vacation or these kids like, you know, left to go do something. But it was set in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, because that's where my grandparents lived when I was growing up. And so it was all about these kids like, discovering the spe- you know the bear spirit that lived in White Bear Lake and I think they were trying to prove that it existed they could Aww. have been trying to like save its existence yeah but it was something along the lines there was a white bear living in White Bear Lake and so it was these kids like interacting with it and it was like a nine chapter book that sounds so cute Yes, I remember being very proud. I like showed it to my grandparents and everything. I was like, look, White Bear Lake. (laughs) That's so fun. (laughs) Would you ever consider going back and writing a book? You know what? I I think I would. I... The problem is I know how hard it is. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that makes it a little bit more difficult to be like, oh, yeah. It's not something I necessarily think... I could do like, oh, you know, so simple. Yeah. But I have always really loved writing. And so there is definitely a part of me that's like, oh, that could be a good story. Maybe I'll just like put that down on paper and see what happens. So nothing yet, but I love the idea. Maybe one day in the future. Maybe one day. (laughs) So I know you love to read and you also are looking for contemporary romance. What is one of your favorite tropes? 
Yes. I love this question. The problem is there are many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I think there are a couple because I think there are like character tropes and then there's like situational tropes. Yes. And so I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to give you two. Um, for me, for the characters, I love the like sunshiny one meets the grumpy one. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> what a good one. What a good one. It's just the perfect opposites attract and there's Mm -hmm. so much room for like those two characters to like poke at each other and get out of their comfort zones and just kind of that delight of watching two people who could not be less similar find common ground always like wonderful banter wonderful banter oh my gosh the optimist and the pessimist like discussing yes it's perfect (laughs) um and then I think situationally, this is much broader for me and more difficult, but my personal favorite right now is not so much enemies to lovers as like reluctant allies to lovers. Mm-hmm. There is something about those t- these two people who like, it's not hatred, it's just like pure disinterest. And like, they don't really know each other. They don't really care to know each other. And then really kind of slowly finding ways that they fit together and come together and like work really well together. And watching that relationship develop is like top tier for me. Do you prefer like a slow burn romance? I I think I do. I've never been an insta-love type of person. There is something really delightful about knowing they're going to end up together because that's how romances, you know, work and feeling really antsy for that eventual coming together. And there's just something really like satisfying about that. Like, you know where it's headed and you really, really want it to get there, but the author is like keeping you on your toes still. I just, I get a lot of joy out of that. (laughs) Yeah. Those are always so fun. So if you were to host a book club, what would be the next book you chose to read? Okay, are we talking I am choosing a book that I haven't read and wanted to or I am choosing a book that I think is wonderful and I'm trying to share with other people? We could do one of each. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, I can do that. I have a lot of I have a lot of ideas. Uh Okay, so realistically, if I'm in a book club and I'm like, you guys have been wanting to read this book forever. Let's do it. Right now, it is The School for Good Mothers by Jessamine Chan. Yes, that sounds so good. It sounds so good. I think for those of you who don't know, it's just kind of this big brother take on like mothering. So not even parenting, just sort of these expectations on being the perfect mother and proving like that you have the right amount of devotion to give to your kids and whether you need to be like taught differently or whether you're allowed to do it at all. I think it's such a creepy Mm -hmm. way to approach it, but so timely. So that is very high on my like book club list. Uh, Hypothetically, if I'm like, hey guys, I need you all to read this book so we can talk about it. I think, well, basically anything by (laughs) Akweke Amezi is like, yeah, gonna do it for me. But right now, the one I'm thinking is The Death of Vivek Oji. Um, It is like jaw dropping. It is the first book of theirs I read. And I think about it all the time. Um, And I've only read a few others of theirs. I still have a few more to read. But everything they write, I'm like, oh my gosh, not a word is like out of place. They are such perfect books. And so The Death of Vivek Oji is just such an interesting character study. Um, 
it kind of starts out with a mother going, like opening her door one day and finding the body of her child, I think wrapped in like a sheet on her doorstep. And so the rest of the book is learning about Vivek and sort of his inner turmoil and his relationships and sort of up to the point of what happened that night. So it is just so interesting and every piece comes together so perfectly. Yeah, I've heard wonderful things about their books and you've convinced me to go out and buy a few. <laughs> yes, please do. Everyone I've read is so good. Pet is insane. I haven't read Freshwater yet, but it was like, I think that's supposed to be like their standout. So I'm really excited to finish reading everything they've written. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll join your book club. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. And then to circle back on some tropes, uh, what makes a love to hate them character for you? Oh, boy. So I think this could go a couple ways. I personally, while it is so easy to hate villains who, you know, are very clearly physically terrible, like abusive, whatever, like, you know, screaming, yelling, hurting other people. I am a, I have a big interest in like the emotional kind of manipulation side of things. Oh, yeah. I think that's really interesting. And so those villains who can come at a situation from a place of just pure selfishness. They're like, I know exactly what I want and I do not care how I get there. I'm going to get there. I think there's something so compelling about that. Like there isn't this redemption arc that could be teased out. There's not like the shred of good hidden somewhere. They're just out for what they want. I think for me, that's like my favorite love to hate. There's no morals. There's nothing else going on. And so I was trying to think about an example for this. And the one I kept coming back to was Mother Gothel from Tangled. Oh, yeah. I think she's so perfect because there are other Disney villains who you like, like. There's Hades and there's, you know, Scar and they're interesting and all this stuff. And Mother Gothel just is a villain. <laughs> like, yes. there's there's not even really backstory. She just sort of like, no, I want to live forever. So I I have to like chain you up for the rest of your life to make that happen. I'll do it. Yeah, just pure villain. Pure villain. Yeah, that's my jam. That's so fun. I love that. <laughs> so speaking of Mother Gothel and Tangled, what is your favorite book to film adaptation? Like pure book to movie, like a really good kind of true to the book one. For me, I think it's The Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. I think they really, even if they had to change some things, they got the essence of the book into that movie really well. And I think they yeah. cast it beautifully. So I agree. I, yeah, I think for me, that's it. The costumes, the acting, just everything oh, yeah, really nailed it. Yeah, the were fabulous. They were fabulous. And they had a big ask. Like, Susie and Collins knew what she was doing when she wrote The Capitol and the extravagancy and all that stuff. So mm. it was really fun to watch it come to life. Yeah, that's a great one. Oh, thank you. When a new book adaptation comes out, do you want to read the novel first or do you want to watch the movie? I want to read the novel. I often don't manage it before the movie comes out. Um, there was a point at which they were making movies out of a lot of books I'd already read. And now we're up to the point where they're making 
movies based on a lot of books that are like on my TBR. Mm -hmm. So I try, I try to like dip my toe into the book, but most of the time it has to wait a little while. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that where you're like, oh, I'm going to read the book first. And then a few months go by and you're like, it's not happening. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. And then do you find that pop culture influences what you're looking to represent? Yes and no. I think it does in the sense that as an agent and as editors and everyone else in publishing, you're looking for books that are marketable for the modern audience. And so what is working in pop culture is often what is going to work for readers in books as well. And so you're always trying to meet that market. However, I would say the core of the writing that I like and the characters that I'm interested in doesn't change based on what's happening in pop culture. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking for, you know, that really good writing, those characters I want to follow, that unique take on something. And so that's always going to trump what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. But you really do have to keep in mind, is this being done? Are people still reading this? You know, have people stopped reading this in the last couple of years? So by the time this book comes out, it's not really going to hit the same. You do have to pay a lot of attention to what is happening in real time and in the market to make those books successful. Absolutely. And once you represent a manuscript, there's a huge chunk of time that passes before it's going to hit the shelves. Yes, definitely. Between signing and then doing some edits with your author and then coming up with your submission list and getting it out to editors, having it taken on, and then going through the publication process, it is multi-step. It's at least a couple years. Yeah, definitely. So what's trending right now may not necessarily be relevant by the time your book is out. Exactly. And so I do think you have to keep that in mind. Um, Luckily, the market doesn't change on a day-to-day basis. So (laughs) if something is really good, it's always going to be really good. So as a writer and a former editor, how do you feel like those skills translate into agenting and your approach to signing authors? Yeah, this is a really good question. I was you know, a writer. I was a creative writing major. I think that's kind of well established on our websites <laughs> and things. I wrote for the magazines I worked for. I, you know, edited for those. I was a beta reader. So I have a lot of experience when it comes to reviewing materials, reading things critically. Like, right, that's what you do as an English major. Mm-hmm. You're reading literature and then discussing it really critically with a class. Yes. <laughs> so that comes into play a lot from queries to manuscripts. That critical reading piece is something I'm, you know, well experienced at to the point where I think it really benefits me as I'm reading, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, But when it comes to signing authors, I think that my approach is maybe slightly different. I think we've established on the podcast that basically once you have an agent, odds are that agent is going to have some hand in revising your manuscript before it ever gets to editors, no matter what that level of editing is. And I know we're a little bit more hands-on at CMA than some other places. And I think for me even, I have some time and maybe a little more willingness to work on heavier edits when I see the core of something really excellent in a book. Um, Because I enjoy editing and I think I might take on books that need a little bit more work because of that, because it's a piece of the process that I 
enjoy and am interested in and have practice in. So that's not like a criticism of any of my authors at mm-hmm. all. Um, there are just some books that come in a little bit cleaner than others, but it's so much fun to tease out that really interesting original idea and universal mes- message and all of their writing skill and like bring it even further to life. So I think that editorial approach changes sometimes who I sign, but it's also a conversation I have to have with those authors on the front. Like I do have some revision ideas. So if that's not something that interests you, we're probably not a very good fit. Mm-hmm. So I think it changes that piece of it quite a quite a bit to know whether or not we can dive into those revisions together. Yeah, absolutely. You want to work with authors who are open to that revision process. Yes. Yeah. And especially just willing to talk about it. I think such a big piece of editing is that back and forth of like, here's what I'm noticing. Here's what's working. Here's how we can make it work better. And having that author come back and say like, I know what you're saying. I don't agree with your suggestion, but I have one of my own. Mm -hmm. And really having that conversation about editing is crucial. Yeah, a bit of a collaboration. Definitely. It's still your book at the end of the day. I can't, I'm not going to make you change anything, but we have to be able to talk about it. So can you talk about a project that you recently said yes to and why you felt the manuscript was something you wanted to represent? I can. And this would actually get like a perfect segue um, because I do get that kind of into that editorial frenzy. I do a few, I shouldn't say, I wouldn't say a lot, but a few revise and resubmit projects with authors where I think something is really strong, but maybe I don't have the time to work on it personally with you. So I send back some, here's what I noticed. I think this would work really well. If you're willing to make those changes, I'd love to see them. Mm -hmm. And so this was one of the projects, my most recent author was one of those revise and resubmit. Um, She took her manuscript back and she made big changes. And that's kind of what you're looking for. Um, You want someone who's going to dive in and take those revisions to heart and really see how the manuscript can be bettered. Um, or, Mm -hmm. you know, what they can do that you didn't suggest that will help it along that path. And so I was obviously really interested in that manuscript from the Mm get-go. And then when I saw it again, I was so excited, which was clue number one, that it was right for me. And she had just done such interesting changes. She had always, what interested me from the very beginning is that it is very character-driven. Um, mm-hmm. So it is has a really intense focus on the point of view of that main character. And that main character is so interesting. There's so much depth to her. And there's so much depth to the side characters and the way she like comes together with the other protagonist. And I loved all of that. I loved the world building. I think her writing is gorgeous. And so what was missing was just sort of as we got f- deeper into the plot, making sure that action stood out just as much as the characterization did. And when she gave it back to me, she had, you know, really teased out that action, made that plot bigger and the stakes higher. And that's exactly what I wanted. And so we did still work on it quite a bit after I signed and, you know, heavily changed some scenes that maybe weren't doing as much heavy lifting as some of her other scenes. But 
in the end, she was totally willing to do all of that. And I think we ended up with something incredible. That's so exciting. Yeah, it was so much fun. She created such an interesting world. It was so much fun to dig into that and play around and see what else could come of it. Yeah, it's always so fun when there are like these really well-developed characters that you instantly just connect with and care about. Right, because then you want to see what, okay, what else can they do? What else can we set in their way and watch them overcome and like keep falling deeper into that excitement of being with them? Mm -hmm, Definitely. So outside of genre, what do you look for in a manuscript? I think first and foremost... What we're all looking for is really strong writing. And I think that that's a really tricky thing to try to describe Mm -hmm. because it is a little bit subjective, but also because strong writing is such a mix of voice and characterization and, you know, pacing and all of these things we always talk about. And so it's really difficult to kind of advise someone toward that goal. And unfortunately, I think it's kind of the piece that makes rejection so hard is that it it is so subjective Mm -hmm. because what I think is really excellent writing may not be the writing that like really hits with another agent. So I think that's what we're all looking for in our own ways, first and foremost. But I mean, other than that, I really don't think I can say enough that character is like kind of the end all for me. If I'm not really in your character's head, or if I don't really know who they are or what they're trying to achieve, and if I'm not rooting for them to get those things, it's going to be really hard to stay connected with anything else. Even if you have a really interesting plot, if I'm not wholly in it with the character who's going through that plot, it's going to be harder and harder and harder for me to stay invested in those stakes. So yeah, I think I say it a bunch. I'm going to keep repeating myself. I think if it's good writing and a character who you just want to follow no matter what they're doing, that's really what I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So what piece of advice would you give to an author who's in the early stages of query? I would give a few pieces of advice. First of all, I think you would really need to find a writing community of some sort, Um, whether that is a critique group or you know, the community on social media, on Twitter, just finding people who are a part of that same process so that you don't feel quite as alone. Because I Mm -hmm. think it can feel kind of isolating and lonely because it's difficult. Yeah. So yeah. So if you find people going through some of those difficulties too, that understand it, it feels a little less daunting. So that would be my first Um, I think I've said before, just make sure that you're paying attention to rejections or requests that you get and try to find out if you did something differently, not even in finding that agent, but like, did you send a different version of your query or have you adjusted your first pages or did you get some advice somewhere in there and kind of adjust a little bit as you go. Um, If something isn't working, see if you can better it. And if something clearly is working, really hone in on that. So pay attention to the responses that you're getting. And most importantly, I would say find other readers to like work with you. There are a lot of people who are willing to 
beta read or give a little bit of feedback or who are querying too. And you can swap query letters and Mm -hmm. see if you can give a little bit of advice. I know there are example query letters online from authors who had success. So just making sure that you are seeking out some feedback so that you have some different ways forward. And just like everything, you don't have to make changes based on what somebody else says, but there is a really big difference in getting eyes on your work and seeing if you're getting the same responses. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. You had some wonderful insights. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you for putting this together. You had some amazing questions. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It was a great time. Agreed. Thanks for joining us today on Pen to Print, Insider Tips with Creative Media Agency. To learn more about Creative Media Agency, our team, and our agenting mission, visit us at cmalit.com. Have a question we haven't covered in our conversations? Email us at assistant at cmalit.com, and you may hear the answer featured on the show. And don't forget to take a look at our show notes for more information and resources. Until next time... We hope you feel inspired to take your story from pen all the way to print.